This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, July 13th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with one of the most hated men in the state of Maine, Jerem Jordan. Now, Fifth Year on Twitter produced a map of the United States of America and the most hated team in each state. BYU was the most hated team in Utah. So, interesting. I I would think they'd be the most beloved, too. But that'd be fun to find out whether it's Utah or BYU. It's definitely not Utah State. But in Maine, for some reason, it's BYU. Did they mean Yale? Did they get the wrong why? It had to be Yale, right? I don't think that Maine has anything against Brigham Young, right? Right. State of the Black Bears. What's up with the Black Bears? Yeah, and and what logo do they use? They use the stretch Y, right? Did they mean to use yeah. the block Y of Yale? Maybe I don't I don't know. Uh, which brings me to this: if the uh, if the pioneers had stayed back east, would BYU be in a Power Five conference? Because remember, the church starts in New York, okay? okay. Uh, then okay. Pennsylvania, then Ohio. Maybe Ohio State's rival could have been BYU. Who knows? And then they moved to Missouri, Big 12, SEC maybe. Brigham Young, Missouri. California was denied in the pursuit of the landing spot, right? Utah ended up being, this is the place, right? Uh, A.K.A. the Mountain West, A.K.A. Independent WCC, right? Oh, man. So would BYU, would BYU be in a, I'm sort of joking, but kind of serious. BYU, Missouri. B, BYU be in a Power 5 conference if they had stayed back east. I have no idea. And if Thomas Marsh had hung with it, it would have been Thomas Marsh just University. just remained east of the Mississippi with all right. of the Power would 5 this, concerns would be this gone. Have, yeah, this has changed. Hey, but we like being up in the top of the mountains. You know, it's a great place to be. We're going to need some confirmation from somebody in Maine about whether or not the hatred is real. Yeah, what the heck, man? But there is no hating on today's show allowed. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports joins us, the college football insider, on what in the world BYU should do to restock the gaping holes in the Cougars' 2020 schedule. And will there even be any college football? Plus, a best-to-wear doubleheader. And one of us is lucky enough to have a burger named after him. Yeah, how about that? Here are your Monday BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Big Ten and Pac-12 announced they are playing football conference-only games this season, meaning BYU instantly loses games against Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Minnesota, and Stanford. BYU's schedule is now down to seven games. Ah, This is frustrating, and not a thing that we didn't see coming because it's been rumored for several weeks, but now it's official that those two leagues that provide five games on BYU's schedule, most notably Utah, aren't. BYU's not playing Utah. And this is a major bummer. No way around it. It stinks. Uh, There is only one tiny, tiny, tiny inkling of a silver lining in this. Four of the five games are on the road. (laughs) Everyone's yelling at me like, hey, you're going to get the schedule you wanted. I've never not wanted to play any Power Fives, which, by the way, BYU has one Power Five left on the schedule. Missouri. Which we'll address in a second. Yeah. But uh, that means the countdown has to be adjusted. So hit it. Countdown to Utah State. 81 days. So Utah State's the season opener, I guess, in October? Right now? The first. BYU has no games in the first four right now. 
<sighs> anyway, yeah, I it's mean, all. Cr- I, we'll we'll dive into it. Let's try. Holy cow! Yeah, not, not so, a great day. Not a so great day. no rivalry game in 2020, but BYU and Utah will resume their normal contract moving forward for future scheduled football games. This, according to University of Utah athletic director Mark Harlan, who has been very transparent on social media. The Cougars and Utes now set to play next in Provo during the 2021 season. So does BYU just benefit from not having to play a road game and then they get Utah in Provo? He says he wants, yeah, to get that home game later. Sure. And that's what I was going to get to. But they're they're the ones that backed out with the league. BYU doesn't owe them anything. Harlan's added he intends to work with BYU to get the lost game in Salt Lake City back at some point in the future season in 2038. I don't know. Alternate. We're not going to go two home in a row at Utah. Two row. And let me add this, Jerem, our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This will only be the second time BYU has not played Utah in a college football season since World War II. It would have been third, but they were matched up in a bowl game. In 2015. 2015. Yeah, it's crazy. So the Michigan series ended the rivalry uh, in 2014. Other than that, World War II and COVID. And they won't play in a couple of years as well because of Florida. The SEC plans to meet today to figure out plans for the upcoming season. Commissioner Greg Sankey told Marty and McGee on ESPN Radio that his level uh, concern level is high to very high on starting a college football season. Whoa. We are running out of time to correct and get things right. We always scheduled to host Missouri on October 10th. I'll, I'll say it a million times. I just, I will be surprised if we play at all. I'd love to play, trust me. I just don't see how it's going to happen. You wonder what the three remaining Power 5 conferences are going to do. There was speculation on Twitter on Thursday and Friday uh, that the ACC is going to make an announcement similar to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 very Would, soon. Wouldn't the expectation be that all the Power Fives do the same thing? I don't know. Right. Is is the SEC, for some reason, you know, thinking that they are uh, above this or that they're not oh, going to be as think, threatened they, by it? They think that they're above everybody. <laughs> they do. It's very interesting. And they kind of are. And finally, BYU golf alumnus Patrick Fishburne with another top 25 finish on the Corn Ferry Tour. It's kind of like AAA of professional golf. Fishburne, the ginger quake, finished tied for 23rd at the TPC San Antonio Challenge this past weekend with a tournament total 14 under par. He currently sits sixth on the Corn Ferry Tour in average driving distance at 330.9 yards. That's, uh, I'm roughly half that. So, yeah. And he has earned over $42,000 on tour this year in a COVID-shortened season. Not bad. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A Power 5 punch to the gut. The Big Ten and Pac-12 conference announcements have eliminated almost half of the 2020 BYU football schedule. Keep in mind, it took years for Tom Homo and BYU Athletics to put this beautiful schedule together. And in less than 48 hours, boom, it's obliterated. No Utah, no Michigan State, no Arizona State, no Minnesota, no Stanford. What's next? Jerem, how in the world does BYU fill their football schedule this fall as currently constituted? Please make it manifest. Uh, it, I, I think it's going to depend on the potential announcement of group of fives. If they decide they want to do that as well, then BYU would be majorly out of luck. Are they in a financial position to do something like that? Well, it just depends how... Well, let's address this. Why are the Power Fives doing this? It's sort of understood that it's so that they can regulate how uh, 
you play with COVID and how many times you're testing and, and whatnot. How many fans that, are allowed? That, that, I, fans aren't a discussion for me at all in this. You keep bringing up fans. How are we even going to play? Like, is that that's number one to me? But yeah, you address all those logistics, and apparently it's easier to control that. And apparently it makes sense to fly to California and Arizona and play those teams, but not come down forty miles and play BYU. That makes no sense. I see from the conference perspective how that makes sense, but it makes no sense that Utah could literally come down, play the game, and go home on the same day and have the safest possible game. Uh, with any opponent in the country is against BYU. So I'm not pro-conference only in this situation. I think BYU and Utah could still play. I don't understand why they couldn't maybe do a plus one here. Or guess what? If Utah just wants to play a non-conference game, can they? Like, can they just throw this in there? I know they're going to bow to the league, and you should be in sync with the league, but I don't like that. So how does BYU fill the schedule now with those at least five games done. It makes sense to get Weber State, maybe even Southern Utah, New Mexico State as an independent somewhat in the region. I'd love to see maybe UNLV on there, Wyoming. I'm, I'm wondering about teams traveling across the country to do things. People think, and we've postulated, independent schedules. But as we did on Instagram Live, we discussed uh, last Thursday night, do we really think that UMass and UConn are going to travel across the country? Why would to they? Play? I, I don't. I don't really believe that. I don't really see that. I think it's going to have to be drivable locations. Like, I, I think anything within five to, you could even say eight or nine hours. Like, that's Nevada. That's, uh, you know, UNLV. That's Wyoming. Wyoming. That's Colorado State to some degree, right? Air even Force. Air Force. Like, BYU could put together some kind of schedule. So if you're Tom Homer right now, good gosh, you're on the phone nonstop trying to fill these five games. And it might be more than five games. I right now will be surprised if we, and we have Notre Dame on there. It'd be nice if BYU could play Notre Dame. That'd be great. I, I just have a hard time understanding, given the momentum. I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm just saying what I think will happen, that we will play at all. I want to play. I would love for us to play. And we need to figure out how to continue life with this. Because if we go without sports, that affects local economies all over the country uh, in a great degree. I, I would love to see it. I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, there's so much there that you just brought up. And so, first of all, let me address the whole BYU-Utah thing with the Pac-12. It makes zero sense that teams 45 minutes away from each other would be a health risk. I don't think it's about that. I think it is about the Pac-12 having the autonomy to be able to grant themselves extra time to start the college football season if they want to do so late. With fewer games. Yes, and – Avoid any potential hiccup if Utah did play BYU and one of the players tests positive for COVID. That is almost guaranteed to happen. Then it threatens Pac-12 play. So why not at least save it until you get into your conference? They want to protect the conference's ability to play those conference games. So it's granting more time and saying, we value these games more than that game. Even if it is a low health risk, we don't want to take any chances to ruin something within the conference. So I get that. I don't, because I don't it's think very it's exciting about when ASU and Wazoo play. You know what I mean? No, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's about distance. I, I think it's just they want maneuverability. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, also, how to fill five games? I mean, you brought up some names. New Mexico State is a no-brainer. Independent. They're close. Like, that game could be easily aligned, I would Close-ish. think. Close-ish. Closer. And the Mountain West Conference is struggling, too, because the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have left them scrambling a little bit. But 
Literally anyone with a non-con with one of those two leagues is scrambling. They have to fill game. They're going to try and fill game. Will the group of five conferences follow suit? Can they do so uh, with a financially viable model? If the if the Mountain West does, they're in tr- BYU's BYU in, in serious trouble. You, what is it? Utah State, Boise State, and San Diego State are on the schedule. Then you so lose now, three more games. Now who are you playing? Like no one wants to see BYU play. Uh, Weber State, Liberty, UConn, UMass, New Mexico State, and then uh, return all those trips. No. It's tough for BYU to do anything right now because how can Tom Homo and his staff be sure that any conference will still move forward and play the Cougars? So first and foremost, it's about establishing some type of understanding in regard to the group of five games that remain and their affiliated conference intentions. What are the contingency plans there? Is Mountain West inclusion for one year on the table where they inherit BYU and make them conform to their uh, <laughs> protocols? That would never happen, right? No, because the Mountain West... The Mountain West and BYU will never do anything gonna, again. That was a messy divorce. A, a change on uh, Thursday, I believe it was the Thursday or Friday morning, two FCS games count toward bowl eligibility now, according to the NCAA. That's what Hawaii did in 07 to get to the Sugar Bowl. So BYU absolutely <laughs> should schedule... As a contingency, two FCS teams. Weber State is a no-brainer to me. And I would say to North Alabama, we'll play in the future. Stay regional. Stay where you need to be. And BYU says... I thought it was Alabama this whole time. It's North Alabama? Yeah, North Alabama. What? Southern Utah, uh, Weber State, Idaho State, whatever. That's not going to be an issue to me if they're willing. And I think they will be. Two FCS teams count towards bowl eligibility. So, yeah, that's probably the easiest one. Are we even playing bowls in December? I don't know. With COVID? I like I just that seems like step H in this process, right? right? It's July 13th. I just don't think if you if you ask me, are we going to play or are we going to play? I'm, I'm going to guess that we're not. And we're going to try and play. We're going to we're going to talk about every little piece of news and break it down. And I hope it happens. I just I just hope it happens because right now it is awfully crumbly. Yeah, right now it seems like the best bet for BYU is regional openings with Mountain West teams, add another FCS team, and can BYU and Notre Dame finally at least discuss the possibility of a game this year, given everything that's happened? It's not a discussion. It's Notre Dame telling us. There's no back and forth. But would Notre Dame leave Indiana and travel to Provo? I don't think so. We'd have to go. Like, this game's not going to be a neutral site game. No one's going to be like, yeah, play neutral site. They're going to have to be contained in home environments. Yeah. How will BYU fill their football schedule this fall? We want to know what you think, BYU Sports Nation. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At ddurrett 10 answers on Twitter. BYU joins the Big 12 for this season only. Hashtag test to enter Power 5 Conference. Hashtag another win against Texas. Listen, that'd be awesome. Uh, BYU doesn't have room for that right now. And the, would the Big 12 even want to do that? That's the first thing. Coming up, we'll address those later. Coming up, uh, a best to wear it double edition. And college football insider Brett McMurphy joins us. Will college football happen at all? And where would he start to help BYU fill those gaping holes in the schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us one week from today for BYU Football Media Day, which has certainly taken a different turn as we seek to get answers about the now 
seven-game schedule and how to lay it all out. How will they play? It's next week starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time with State of the Program, two-hour BYU Sports Nation, and other programming on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the app. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play on a very busy Monday. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, and joining us now is Stadium College Football Insider, Brett McMurphy back on the show on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brett, welcome back to the show. What a time in college football. How would you sum up uh, the last four days watching the Big Ten and Pac-12 decide to go conference only? Uh, depressing. <laughs> because, I, you know, not necessarily that they went conference only, but the fact that, you know, when the Big Ten announced it, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, you know, said that, Basically, you know, we're hoping we can do this if there is a season and there's a possibility we may not have a season. And I think that's pretty telling. I mean, you know, commissioners and athletic directors, they will share their thoughts with you privately um, about what they think will will be happening. But usually they, they try to keep the pessimism out of the public domain. And certainly when he said that, that jumped out at me. And then Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner over the weekend, also expressed his concern that there may not be a season in the fall. And so I think, uh, you know, that's a very, very likely reality. And, you know, I think we'll have a more definitive answer when we get to the end of July, 1st of August. Yeah, it's certainly negative momentum trending that direction that doesn't make it feel like we're going to play, but we're trying to figure things out, right? And so this conference-only decision, we've postulated what we think has gone into that, but why is it that the Power Fives are saying, let's play conference only? Well, a a couple of reasons. One, I don't think they believe they can get a full 12-game season in because, you know, you're going to have, you know, Ohio State, North Carolina, Maryland on Saturday – um, you know, they had to shut down voluntary workouts because they had a, a major outbreak of positive test. Well, if that happens in season, then you're going to have game postponements, cancellations, no contest, whatever you want to call them. So they're trying to build in a, additional open weeks so that you can have a you know two-week quarantine period built in. You can have possible makeup dates set in there. So if you do that, it, you can't play. 12 weeks. So if you can't play 12 weeks, what do you, what, what's the next best thing? Well, if you're in a conference, it's playing only your conference members. So then you, you lock that down to your conference members. And then if you wanted to add an additional non-conference game, what the power five leagues want to do is they want to play power five only opponents in the non-conference schedule. And it has nothing to do with competition. But it has to do with the testing guidelines and safety measures at these other Power Five schools. They know that, you know, because of the, you know, financial advantages they have over the the non-power schools, that they can test more frequently. They have different, um, you know, protocols, et cetera. And so they don't they don't want to have uh, if they have like one through fifty guidelines or requirements for for their safety uh, measures, they don't want to play a non-power school that maybe can afford to do half of those and, you know, put their student-athletes in that predicament. So that's kind of basically what they're doing uh, in a nutshell or what they're hoping to do. But still, we don't know how many games the Big Ten's going to play or the Pac-12, the ACC. You know, they're trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, John Swafford, their commissioner, told me that they would allow Notre Dame um, to kind of be under their wing and be included if Notre Dame needs games, which, like BYU, Notre Dame's had a majority of, of 
opponents, uh, you know, cancel already. And so that's kind of what they're trying to do. Um, you know, hopefully we get to that point and we have some weird schedules, teams playing different numbers of games. But I don't see anybody across the country playing 12 games this fall, even if we're able to play. Stadium College Football Insider Brett McMurphy with us on BYU Sports Nation. Brett, do you envision any Power 5 conference not following suit for for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and uh, not approaching a conference-only campaign? No, I think I think what you'll see, you may have like a you may have conference only and then a plus one non-conference where you can get up to nine or or maybe ten, but nobody's going to play twelve again for the the reasons I outlined about, you know, there's not enough inventory to play more than one non-conference opponent in the power five. And they're not going to play non-power fives uh, because of the the safety issues and and all all of those things or their perceived safety issues or concerns. So, um, and again, based on wanting to have these additional open dates, you simply can't fit in a 12 game season and add multiple um, multiple possible open dates or makeup dates. And then on top of all that, you know, most of these schools are ending classes uh, at Thanksgiving, so the students aren't coming back after Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the student athletes, I'm sure, will stick around if we're at that point. And then there has even been discussion of moving the conference championship games back a week or two, again, to build in more flexibility for these schedules. So I don't see any way, anyhow, um, any of these power leagues will play 12 games. And then for the non-power leagues, financially, it doesn't make sense to play that many games because you, you've already lost your big payday by playing on the road against a power five team. And with the you know capacities estimated, at least in the NFL, it may be a fourth stadium's a fourth full. I think I don't see college college stadiums being any different. So you're not making a great deal of money by playing additional games um, on the on the non-power level, so I think that's why it kind of looks like everyone will go with this conference-only model or conference plus one model. The ACC hasn't said what they will do, but they uh, just announced they're going to suspend indefinitely their media days, which were scheduled for next week. So that little domino falls, I guess. No guarantee, Brett, that the spring provides any relief from this, but there's some conversation of that. JUCO expected to announce they're going to move to the spring Ivy League has delayed. Is that any kind of possibility? Would that make any kind of sense for FBS to move to spring potentially? Well, I mean, again, it's the university presidents have to make this decision. And I believe me, I know all, and I agree, I know all of the challenges of playing in the spring. You know, half of your starters aren't going to play because they're going to be holding out for the NFL draft. Um, you know, the, the season ends and then the next season starts in three months. You'd be asking student athletes to play two football seasons in one calendar year. I, I understand with all, with all those reasons. I agree with them, but it boils down to this. How critical is the revenue for playing football in the spring? Um, how much does that outweigh all of those challenges I just mentioned? And all I know is, you know, in the past three months, I've been reaching out to all 130 athletic directors in the FBS and their thoughts on the upcoming college football season. And even back in April, um, you know, I had a few ADs say, you know, look, if we don't play football in the fall or the spring, we are bleeped. And that's because 
you know, how critical it is, this football revenue for each of these universities. And so if we can't, if nobody can play in the fall, then they've got to make a decision in the spring. Is it worth a fourth of the revenue, a half of the revenue that they would generate to deal with all of these challenges, all of these issues that they're going to encounter playing in the spring? On top of that, you know, you've got different areas of the country. Um, you know, you've got Wisconsin. You know, can you really play football in the spring up there where the state won't thaw out until maybe April? So what are you going to do the first month of the season? I mean, you've got a lot of issues like that across the country. Um, but, again, you know, no surprise here. It all boils down to money. And uh, financially, does it make sense to play in the spring? Then they'll try to play in the spring. And what would be, yes, a watered-down product that would not compare to anything we've seen in, in the fall? Talking with Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports right now on BYU Sports Nation. Brett, let's say one of the better case scenarios does happen, and conference only is eight or nine game seasons for most of these Power 5 teams. But in the case of BYU football, what would an eight or nine game schedule look like for the Cougars based on what is uh, available out there? And is it is it viable financially for a group of five teams to keep BYU on their schedule? Well, I mean, certainly, um, I mean, yeah, Tom Holmo, if he didn't have the hardest job in America, you know, before all this, he certainly does now, at least in college athletics, because he doesn't have the luxury of Notre Dame in the ACC arrangement. So if the Power Fives are not playing non-conference, I don't think any of the group of fives will play non-conference. Now, maybe they pair up regionally. Um, you know, maybe you see Conference USA and the Sun Belt, you know, swap swap opponents so teams don't have to fly from El Paso to, to Virginia or El Paso to Florida or stuff like that. Uh, but I don't think they're going to play, not just play non-conference games, just to say, hey, we want to play more non we want to have more games on our schedule because financially it's, it's going to be a wash. The TV money is obviously not as significant. And again, the the, the attendance numbers are not going to be that that big, so I think they'll concentrate on doing conference only. Also, the people I talked to at the Group Five level basically said they're they're not going to announce anything until all the Power Fives have announced their intentions. Um, so I think after that happens, they would announce conference only. And so, what what does that happen with BYU? Well, unfortunately, there's there's I don't see many options, and the most likely options would be playing the other independents, you know, Army, Yukon, Liberty, New Mexico State. Uh, you know, I know that compared with what you guys had scheduled before the season, doesn't, you know, smells like bad fish. But you know what? It's better than the alternative, and that's not having any games at all. Uh, you know, maybe there's some FCS programs in the area that, that would be able to play. Um, maybe you could find a, a group of five school or two in the area that would be willing to play a non-conference game. But, you know, it's going to be very difficult. And you could have, you know, BYU and those schools I mentioned doing home and homes to get up to eight games or get up to ten games and just trying to, you know, get through this season with some type of revenue, some type of season, and then, you know, regroup and, and Hopefully things get back to normal uh, in 2021. Yeah, that's certainly the hope. Uh, regarding travel, we've asked this question because we're wondering about 
Uh, obviously, playing some local teams would be great. Uh, Utah is not an option now, but Utah State and Boise State and even UNLV and whatnot. And there's some FCS schools that would certainly make sense with Weber State and Southern Utah and Dixie and so on. But in, in terms of travel, we were wondering, do we really think that UMass and UConn and BYU would, would travel across the country to play each other? It feels like it might be a stretch as we get later into the season when it's getting colder, when perhaps there's another outbreak with it just being uh, you know, flu season or whatever. I, I'm not exactly sure. The independence makes sense, but the travel, I guess, is, is a question mark there. Well, no, that's a great question. And maybe because of that, they schedule those opponents right off the bat. And then towards the later part of the year, they, they kind of stay more regional. I mean, that's one way to go at it. And the other thing, I mean, once you get on an airplane, you get on an airplane. So I don't think the, the distance is an issue, but but as far as you're right, if there's different, um, you know, if the virus is, uh, you know, in a, a hot spot in different areas of the country, you certainly don't want to visit those areas or, or have, you know, teams from that area coming to your region also. Um, but that's the same, you know, predicament these conferences are in. I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten, there's 14 schools in each league, but they're spread over 11, 11 states. So they may have those same issues within their own conference. So, yeah, uh, you know, maybe they look at look at something like you're suggesting and say, hey, let's get the let's get the BYU UConn games, you know, out of the way right right off the bat Um, or UMass or Liberty or whoever, um, you know, (laughs) I guess pretty much everybody but New Mexico states, you know, halfway across the country for BYU anyway. Uh, So that's again, that's that's what makes it so challenging and there's not an there's not an easy answer, and it's horrible, and it, I hate it for college athletics, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And um, you know, we the Patriot League today announced they're not playing in the fall. They they're one of the top FCS leagues. Uh, you know, Army and Navy competes in those leagues in basketball and other sports, and so now Army and Navy says they will continue to play those non-revenue sports, but now they don't have a league. For those sports, so where are they going to find games for those guys? I know that's not football, but, you know, it, it's tough, man. I mean, you ask a great question, and I answer it, and then I have ten more questions for myself. <laughs> just imagine what, all these, imagine what all these guys are going, guys and gals are going through trying to figure out, you know, how to make this work. Yeah, no question. Okay, Brett, um, let's uh, try and uh, put a percentage on this thing. What? If you can, and if you're willing to do that, but what what percent chance do you have right now with the way things are trending that any college football will happen this fall? Uh, I was asked that earlier this morning. I said seventy percent. I think I'm at seventy five percent right now. I and, do, and look, if I'm wrong, bring me back on, re- rack this, and replay it, and say <laughs> you're wrong as rain. Put a dunce cap on me. I'm, I'll tweet it. I don't care. I just. Uh, again, it, the the main reason I think that is you see these more, the more and more you see these cancellations. And I'm not saying everybody's going to say, oh, well, if this, this school does it, this conference does it, or we're going to do it. What I see is university presidents are making this decision. They are not risk takers. And so if university presidents, they're the ones that make the decisions. If they deem that it's not safe, for the entire student body to come back on campus and take classes on campus in classrooms, then I don't see how they jump to it's safe for student athletes to play football on their campus. Either both should be safe or both are not safe, but one cannot be safe and the other 
can be safe. And ultimately, I think that's what it boils down to. The university presidents will not take this risk, even as how much financially it could decimate their athletic programs. And I think we try to try to see if we can play in the spring, and and hopefully that happens. But if not, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be frightening because I think you'll see a number of Group Five schools drop football or drop to the FCS if we have no football at all in the upcoming 2021 academic year. Brett, uh, we appreciate the insight, uh, and I so much hope that we are discussing actual college football at some point this fall. Um, and if, if there is, then uh, please, please come back on and join us so that we can celebrate something. <laughs> I'm sure BYU fans would much rather complain about the, the quality of BYU's schedule than thinking about not having any football. So I guess that's the best way to look at it. Yeah, no question. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you. Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen, that was a uh, discussion of relevant questions with limited answers, and Brett did his best to answer them. It's just kind of depressing and disappointing. It just kind of has. We're just kind of feeling down going, how is this going to happen, right? And we've been talking about it. Like, one, how are you going to play? Two, who are you going to play? And who is not as important as how? If BYU and college football, if they figure out how to play, great. Because guess what? It's been fun to watch the English Premier League. It's been fun to watch Major League Soccer a little bit. Uh, hopefully we can figure this out. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NFL can figure out how to uh, contain their own environments with professional teams, and there's something to watch. Yeah, yeah. even then it's hard to translate to how college football would happen. Football is just unique. It really is. Coming up, what kind of connection could BYU potentially make with other leagues if that's possible at all? And we have a double feature in our best to wear it, number 48 and 49. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU TV app is a place to watch some recent and old BYU sports games. Uh, we hope there are more in the fall to uh, put in there. Get your BYU fix on the BYU TV app today. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Big Ten and Pac-12 announced they are playing football conference-only games this season, meaning BYU instantly, instantly loses five games against Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Minnesota, and Stanford. BYU's football schedule is down to seven games at the moment. No rivalry game in 2020, as Jerem just mentioned, but BYU and Utah plan on resuming their normal contract, moving forward for future scheduled football games. That, according to University of Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan, the Cougars and Utes now set to play next in Provo in the 2021 season. Harlan added he intends to work with BYU to get the lost game in Salt Lake City back in a future season. Wow. I mean, just no rivalry game. It's been COVID. It's been World War II and uh, Utah opting to play Michigan and Florida in the future. The SEC plans to meet today to figure out plans for the upcoming season. Commissioner Greg Sankey told Marty and McGee on ESPN Radio that his concern level is high to very high on starting a college football season. We are, quote, running out of time to correct and get things right. BYU is scheduled to host Missouri on October 10th. Golf. BYU golf alumnus Patrick Fishburne had another top 25 finish on the Corn Ferry Tour. Fishburne finished tied for 23rd at the TPC San Antonio Challenge this past weekend, shooting a tournament total 14 under par. He drives it a mile, sixth on the tour at 330.9 yards per drive, and his earnings are up over 42,000. That takes us to the best to ever wear it. We're counting up to 99, one number each show, and determining, or two, 
Who was the best athlete to wear each number at BYU? Today we hit numbers 48 and 49. Let's start with 48 and Jamison Frazier. He was a linebacker who played from 2008 to 2011. Great story. Uh, son of Danny Frazier, who was a good player on some of the late uh, 70s teams. He broke his neck and then uh, retired after his mission. But uh, he got Jameson was cut twice before walking on as wide receiver, switched to linebacker by his senior year. He was a captain. And uh, he, he finished a game as a junior where he broke his thumb in the first quarter against Nevada in the Colin Kaepernick game. Uh, Jameson Frazier, best to wear number 48, a pick against Utah. How about that? Yeah. Now we move. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you want to come? Sorry. He had an outstanding senior season. Uh, it was his best by far with six tackles for loss, multiple quarterback sacks. He had two fumble recoveries his senior year. Jamison Frazier is a success story, and yeah. I'm glad that you brought up uh, how hard it was for him in the beginning and then working his way to a defensive captain. And this is a defensive captain that was named by Bronco Mendenhall, of all people. Yeah, and his dad, uh, Danny, by the way, was one of the first uh, black members of the church to go on a mission that was on the football team. So he's notable historically for them. Number 49, Brady Papinga. Brady Papinga was awesome, man. 2001 to 2004, just really good on the defensive line, played some linebacker as well. And 2 led the Mountain West in sacks. Three-time first-team All-Mountain West. I mean, there's not a ton of those guys. Selected in the fourth round in 05 by the Packers. Played seven years in the league. As part of the Super Bowl champs and with the Packers in Super Bowl 45. Uh, works as a sideline reporter for Fox Deportes. Uh, is a uh, opinionist, a, a commentator. He's been on uh, Cowherd a bunch. He's been on our show a bunch. Uh, Brady Pinga, man, he was awesome. Always opinionated. And he gave us one of our favorite drops in the history of BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Bill Hodge. <laughs> that alone should make him the best yes. ever. Just that would do it. <laughs> and look at those numbers. I mean, uh, 19 career sacks and 38 tackles for loss. Marv Allen of note, honorable mention on 49. He was a linebacker uh, in the 80s that was really, really good in the early 80s. Yeah, and I think sometimes we forget, and I'm glad you brought it up. B- BYU has... A bunch of Super Bowl champions, and Brady Papinga is in that group. Yeah, dude. With the Packers, bro. Let's go. He's in that. Bull Hodge. Bull Hodge. Coming up, rise a shout-out to a menu that includes a Spencer burger. <laughs> and all of you, it seems like, have an opinion on what BYU should do with their football schedule. So we're going to get to that. A social media showdown next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The greatest BYU football plays in the words of the greatest BYU football players. Relive the Miracle Bowl moment. Beck Darlene and Taysom Mill Taming Texas, among others. Join us this Friday on BYU Sports Nation for BYU football great moments as told by players at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Some incredible stories and insights from the guys who lived it and did it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. We have a loaded show with a ton of, frankly, depressing topics. Yeah, today's not a fun show to do. We, we got to do it. Let's go. We just spoke with Brett McMurphy, college football insider for Stadium Sports, a guy that worked for ESPN for a long time. He's been very, very active on social media, reporting different programs that are doing COVID testing, and he's been very heavily involved with uh, the fallout from the Big Ten and the Pac-12, gave us some really interesting insights into the group of five conferences uh, that are trending towards going conference only, and what does that mean for BYU? So, Jeremy, I'm trying to – Based on that conversation and what BYU has left on the schedule, I'm trying to piece together like a nine-game schedule for BYU and, and what that would look like. But frankly, it's, it's 
the prospects are not great. I actually have the schedule that BYU is going to play, um, and it includes uh, a lot of Notre Dame, which is awesome. So uh, at Mike uh, Wurstling uh, on Thursday night proposed this schedule. BYU opens, uh, Notre Dame opens with BYU at home, then they're at BYU, then BYU, then at BYU, then BYU, then at BYU, then BYU, then a bye. Then at BYU, BYU, at BYU, BYU, and at BYU. Man, they're so, going to need that bye week to actually, uh, recover. I actually have the schedule via Mike on this. <laughs> no, I, I, BYU's not playing Notre Dame, I don't think. Like, why would they play now? Oh, because they're both open. I still don't think that's the issue. I, I think the, the travel issue is a legit one. I, I do. I, I think if BYU is going to play any kind of schedule that's like nine games or whatever, they're going to need some local teams. I, I'd be surprised if your SUUs, your Dixies, who's an FCS independent, by the way, thanks to uh, people tweeting at me about that, reminding me. Uh, Weber State as well with Jay Hill. I, I think that those would make sense. You can get up to two to count towards bowl eligibility. Fans in the stands, bowl eligibility, that's not in my mind right now. One is how are we going to play? Two is who are you going to play? I think if there was some informal connection with the Mountain West that you could continue those games, there's not going to be anything formal. Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State, those would be great. Add Wyoming, add Colorado State. They're all around. There's a reason BYU was in the, the league with those teams for a long time, right? New Mexico State makes sense. Would UConn and UMass and Liberty still make sense? Um, would they come here? Would BYU go there? Would you play a home and road with them? That's not that's not uh, impossible. New Mexico State and Liberty did this two years ago. Sure. I, d- I don't think that BYU is to that point, especially if the season is shortened. Like, if, if we're talking about filling 12 games, then yes, BYU would probably have to play a home and road scenario with a few of the independent teams. But it kind of feels like we're pulling it back to, like, nine games, just so uh, there can be more leeway. Well, let's talk about that. So start the season – Late September. Late September, early October then. Just to give yourself more time to figure out what I've been saying or you bump answer it up. questions. Or you bump it up from September and end it in mid-November. If, I mean, that makes more sense to me. Right? Because I think we anticipate a, a bump later in COVID. Like, here, here's the other thing. We're talking about 2020. I, I'm asking other questions like, okay, what about basketball? I'm also asking this. What about next year? We don't know when this is going to go away. We don't know. Is 2021 going to be affected? We're just tackling what's right in front of us, which makes logistical sense. But I'm wondering next year, like, spring ball for football. Will that happen at all? Because valid points by people. We don't know that in the spring it's going to be any different. It would just give us more time to hopefully lessen what's going on, right? That's, that's what's going on in Europe. And guess what? So English Premier League plays soccer games. We're like, oh, they're way ahead of us, right? They don't play with fans. Korea's playing with fans, though. Baseball. Japan is. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. So Korea's not. It's Japan. It's Japan. I think it's the Japanese baseball. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Korea. Uh, but Korea's been they're playing, playing, but I don't know with they're playing with fans. fans now, which is wild. So it's like, what are you doing, and how can we do that? Does Karen have to wear a mask for us to get there? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't know. Okay, just listen to this potential schedule. And, and I literally put this together during the break. Okay. So it's well thought out. Yes. <laughs> Over 120 seconds. No, in all seriousness, I've been thinking about it all weekend. And then Brett McMurphy just kind of prompted an idea for us because you and I were asking, would UConn, UMass, and Liberty really travel across the country? Or would BYU travel across the country there to play that game? And if it's earlier, it kind of, for whatever reason, it, it feels better because it's not in the well, peak of flu season. You have right? to address whether they're even available. 
UConn, UMass, Liberty, and Army, New Mexico State. Like, if BYU could play three or four of those teams in the first five to six weeks of the season, that's the best-case scenario if the traveling, heavy traveling is involved. And it's then heavy be, traveling regardless. Bring on two FCS teams. Let them bust a Provo. Great. Whether it's Southern Utah, Idaho State, Weber State, Dixie State, and St. George, which has been sanctioned for uh, – FBS uh, to play FBS teams this year, and then can BYU? They are an FCS independent. Can BYU keep at least two Mountain West Conference teams? So keep at least Utah State and Boise State. Well, BYU is keeping them until they're not, right? Well, if, if the Mountain West Conference goes, okay, uh, we're going to go conference only, but we're going to do a plus one, and you get to choose who you can play. Like, can BYU convince Utah State and Boise State Boise to keep State. playing those games? Right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully Boise State. Like, please, please play those games. And maybe UN or maybe UNLV, if, if Utah State says, nope, we're not doing it, or Boise State says, no, we're not doing it, just go get somebody else. And then I you think have, they'll like, be more games. aggressively wanting to do it. I, I think it's the power fives that are going, no, 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 we want that. I don't, I, there's a divide there, and that divide is also uh, ideological and emotional. That the group of fives are like, no, 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 we want the best situation for, for us as well. We're not going to just. Uh, not play other group of fives per se. It, it may be a just policy and governance issue, which it seems like it's that way in the Power Five. But the Power Five also work for the benefit of the Power Five. They don't work for the benefit of college football. They don't work for the benefit of FBS. They work for the benefit of themselves. Which at the end of the day, most people do. You just do what's best for you and those close to you. Man, there are just so many layers to this conversation because then you just look at the coaches want to play because they want to advance and develop their programs. Like they want to, they want to be doing something. They want to get paid, and they want to earn their money. Job. Sure, yeah. and and universities need this. Brett McMurphy talked about it. What football schools are going to have to ditch more sports and or football if there's no fall season? It is a massive proposition where teams uh, and, and BYU's uh, under this same stress in terms of. Financially, yes, it's backed by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which uh, has been extremely smart with its money for a long time now, right? And has the ultimate subscription fee, right, of tithing. I love paying it. It's great. Uh, But that doesn't mean that BYU football is going to be just like scot-free, no worries if there's no football. There's still stress, and the church isn't just going to write a blank check saying, oh, yeah, cover all your needs, we're all good. It's very calculated and well thought out of what's distributed where. So the athletic department is certainly stressed right now thinking about how to make sure they can make as much money as they can and maintain all this. No one wants to cut sports. No one wants to not play. So you got to figure out what's best in all of this, and uh, you'd hope that nobody is uh, overly negatively affected yeah. in this. Man, right now it seems like if there is a college football season for BYU specifically, the best options are – figure out a way to play all five of the other independents. Notre Dame's probably not going to happen, or I'd say six other independents. Yeah. Get two FCS teams, maybe more in there. I mean, maybe, Depends if, yeah, bowl eligibility. What Are you and, playing to just play? Like, and what's then the try and yeah. keep your rivalry regional games with uh, Boise State and Utah State, and then you've got hopefully eight something. or nine games, right? Yeah. You've got something. I mean, there will come a point, mark my words in this conversation, where we'll say, oh, I would just take all FCS right now. <laughs> yeah, well, what if the that, big that, that will happen what later? If, what that if will the happen big later. Sky steps in and says, "BYU, join the big sky for a year." Yeah, uh, no. Uh, coming up, more of your responses to today's question of the day, and a combined rise and shout out. That's frankly, it's making me hungry, Jerem. It's almost lunchtime. This is BYU Sports News. 
BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and give us that five-star review. Our question of the day. How will BYU fill their football schedule for the fall of 2020? At Dallin Hickson answers on Twitter. Dream scenario. Big 12 needs two extra teams to compete with the strength of schedule of other conferences, so they add BYU and another team, maybe Boise State. Realistic scenario, most of those other games get canceled, and BYU, and college football happens in the spring. I don't see how we're going to have, yeah, like Brett McMurphy said, I don't see how we'll have 12 games. I'm like, I don't see how we'll play. I want to play, trust me. I'm, I don't want to be in the panic mode. I'd, I'd rather be like, I guess, this is a conservative place, but I want to find where it's like you can you can have a healthy approach, uh, well-thought-out, calculated approach, but also be understanding of both ends of the spectrum here and whatnot. Um, Let's see what BYU can figure out because I don't think the Big 12 thinks they need a strength schedule per se. I think we'll just be like, who can BYU just play games? Like, I don't even care against who. Eight or nine. That'll happen. Eight or nine. Start start September and then finish early. You know? (laughs) No, we're going to play 12, and it's all against Notre Dame. What we learned today. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Jerem Jordan 2 and on Twitter. Not me. Try and pull together a couple of games with the Big 12, SEC, and Mountain West Conference. If that doesn't work, then go to the other independents because they will probably be desperate to get a few games too. Hashtag BYUSN. Today's Rise and Shoutout. I went to a local restaurant and uh, I noticed two interesting items up there at, on the menu. I thought... Do they like BYU TV? The first one, the Spencer Burger, mm. uh, made with melted Swiss bacon, grilled jalapeno, topped with a spicy ranch sauce, and homemade onion ring. Nine bucks. That sounds amazing, it's, right? I've had it, and it's delicious. You've had it? Yes. I didn't get it. It's delicious. Uh, and then uh, Deep Blue. Hey, crumbled blue cheese. I'm in. Melted on the patty, topped with bacon, onions, barbecue sauce, Swiss cheese, and house sauce. Nine bucks. I'm in, baby. They, they misspelled the Shep Burger. It's Shem Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my burger? <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Brett McMurphy. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues on the internet. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Paul Walkenhorse. Remember him? Walken? I thought yeah. it was Walkenhorse. Walken, Walkenhorse? Walken. Christopher Walken? Who? <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs. What?